Hi, I'm Bryce from Kernersville, North Carolina. Hi, I'm Michelle from Raleigh. Hi, I'm Dane from Columbus, Ohio. Found of Young America is an independent production supported by listeners like you and me. If you'd like to donate to support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Live on tape from my house in Los Angeles, I'm Jesse Thorne, and this is The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org. Radio It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. On this Sound of Young America podcast, some audio from last weekend's Max FunCon. Our keynote speaker at Max FunCon, the summer camp slash retreat slash artist's colony slash drunken bacchanal in Lake Arrowhead, California, was the great John Hodgman, a close friend of mine and of the Sound of Young America. Introducing John was his good friend, Jonathan Colton. Hello. Wow, you're tall, Jesse. 6'7", is that what the Wikipedia says? Uh, does that need a citation? Because we can, we can check it out this weekend. Um, so, uh, it is true, uh, I uh, am a friend of John Hodgman's. Yeah, I've known him for a long time. We actually went to college together. It's where we met. Um, and uh, Je- <laughs> it's a very sweet story. Uh, Jesse asked me to come up here and uh, speak a little bit about uh, what makes John awesome. Uh, and so I'm going to do that. Uh, I'm going to tell you uh, uh, a couple of anecdotes. Actually, no, I don't have any anecdotes. I have very incomplete anecdotes. I barely remember anything from college is the problem. Um, I will say that there's a... Um, there's a part of John that I don't think you know. Uh, John John Hodgman is in his in his heart uh, a rebel. I know it doesn't seem like that. I'm the one in a t-shirt with long hair and a, a crappy beard, and I didn't even shave my neck. Uh, and he's going to come on in a moment, and he's going to be in a suit, and he's going to speak very eloquently. So you, you may not think that he's a rebel, but he is. When I met him in college, uh, this is true. John Hodgman had very long hair, outrageously long hair. <laughs> it's not a joke. Not to his butt, but past his shoulders, certainly. Uh, he rarely wore it down, but he, he often kept it in a sort of disgusting bun on the back of his head. Uh, <laughs> he also wore a, a black leather jacket and uh, rings that had skulls on them. I'm not kidding about any of this. Uh, and, uh, he, uh, my first impression of him was that he was, he was maybe a little bit of a dangerous character. I came from a, a small town in Connecticut and we didn't have dangerous alterna kids where I came from. Um, John, uh, John had a, a tag, a kind of graffiti tag that he would, uh, occasionally scrawl on the, on the whiteboard outside of my dorm room. That was very scary to me. Uh, it was uh, it was always John who would go to the uh, liquor store to to buy booze from the liquor store that never carded anyone. I was always too afraid to go in there, but he didn't mind. Um, and it was also John. This is I tried to very hard to make this an anecdote, but I don't really remember how it ends. I do remember the moment when it was a, it was a nice uh, sunny afternoon, and we were um, trying to figure out what to do because we had all the time in the world because we were in college. 
And he said, well, let's take these two uh, armchairs that you have here in your dorm room and let's take them down to the, to the quad and just sit on the grass in the armchairs. And I remember thinking, well, that's, that's, you can't do that. You can't take armchairs downstairs. They're inside chairs. You can't put them outside. <laughs> and I don't even know what we did. I, we, we, we sat in them. We held court. We uh, made wisecracks to each other. Maybe we ate a sandwich or, or drank out of a flask. I have no idea. But <laughs> I'm quite certain that we took those chairs downstairs and, and put them on the lawn. And um, it, was, it was, in fact, awesome to sit in armchairs outside on a sunny day. Um, and John has continued to do that uh, throughout his life and career, and, and it's frequently an inspiration to me to see him. Uh, you know, it's the same impulse that allows him to <laughs> think it's okay to quit his day job as uh, a literary agent and become a, a freelance writer. Uh, and then, uh, yes, indeed. And then to, uh, to start a reading series called The Little Gray Book Lectures, which all of his friends were shaking their heads like, you can't just start a reading series, John. But of course you can. John can. Uh, the same impulse that lets him, uh, you know, when, when it's time to pitch a book idea to someone, he says, how about a book about fake trivia? <laughs> and of course they say yes. And then when he writes that book, uh, to put in the middle of it uh, a list of 700 hobo names <laughs> that he has made up, a list that sits there uh, perhaps like a beautiful armchair, in the middle of a, uh, a, a, a grassy quadrangle on a sunny day. It's a terrible metaphor and a worse anecdote. Uh, but it's what I want to tell you about why John Hodgman uh, is awesome. I'm very, I'm very proud to, to call him my friend. He's a very generous uh, and kind person on top of that. Uh, before we bring him up, uh, I think we have a little surprise for him. Uh, so, Jesse, Jesse Thorne, if you are ready to deploy the surprise, deploy away. Jesse Thorne, everyone. It, this is the part of the evening uh, that John doesn't know about. It's sort of a setup. Uh, he knew, of course, that he was uh, the keynote speaker. Um, but I want to take this opportunity, John, if you could come on up. Come on up, John. Um, I want to take this opportunity on behalf of uh, Max FunCon and the folks assembled here and, of course, uh, MaximumFun.org. Um, and in order to thank John for um, being probably uh, the most uh, helpful person to uh, me and what we do at MaximumFun.org, uh, who I've, I've never paid to do it, um, uh, award, award John with this award uh, as <laughs> MaximumFun.org 2009 Person of the Year. Uh, Awarded for excellence in being awesome. It's very sweet. I hardly know what to say except thank you. It's very kind. Thank you very much, Jonathan and Jesse. This is very sweet and very unexpected and quite heavy. Um, I think... Uh, I think this will probably put me over the weight limit for the flight home. <laughs> I'll be paying an extra 50 bucks to Virgin America in order to check this bad boy. And it comes in a very handsome velvet case. 
So that's very exciting. Thank you. That is a surprise. Boy, ruins all the terrible things I was going to say about Jesse now. (laughs) Makes me look kind of mean. (laughs) My name is John Hodgman. Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't know why all of you didn't believe what Jonathan was saying about my rough-and-tumble past as a a brigand at Yale University. You know, you know I'm a tough guy. You know it. Oh, oh that's, oh boy. <laughs> it's been a long day, so I got, I got this monster drink. Oh, no, thank you. May I have some whiskey, please? <laughs> oh, look, oh, that's even better. Crystal Head Vodka, that's even better. This is like some very strange, elaborate scheme to kill me, isn't it? (laughs) If you hand it to him on stage, he must drink it all. Yeah, everyone everyone understands that this is Crystal Head Vodka, Dan Aykroyd's house brand of mystical paranormal vodka served in a crystal skull. And that's delicious. This... For those of you who have never seen me in Chicago, this is Malort, Jepson's Malort Liqueur, um, a Chicago-only uh, um, disgusting beverage <laughs> that is served in Chicagoan bars. Um, Chicago, of course, is uh, a fictional city in the American Midwest. <laughs> and this is, unfortunately, all too real. <laughs> and um, uh, it has become something of a... Um, uh, a tradition uh, when I am reading in that area for me to drink this until I believe Chicago exists, <laughs> and then it and then it sort of rises up around me. Um, <laughs> it is one of the only uh, only liqueurs or spirits that I've ever seen that uh, advertises how disgusting it is. <laughs> I'm always very fond of the uh, the saying on the back here, the, the very little copy. <laughs> I don't need a lot of copy to describe this drink. Jepson Malort has the aroma and full-bodied flavor of an unusual botanical. <laughs> Period. No, no further explanation. Next sentence. Its bitter taste is savored by two-fisted drinkers. Oh, it's just as I remember it. The second fist is for later. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's remarkably like the Monster Energy drink. With a little more hint of Listerine and uh, Chicagoan sweat. Well, these are all lovely gifts that people have brought for me. But of course, it is not my night. It is... Our night here at the Maximum Fun Convention. I have indeed been a fan, a longtime fan and friend and admirer of the many radio uh, show and uh, shows and podcasts of Mr. Jesse Thorne, Jesse Jordan Go, The Sound of Young America, uh, the Casper Hauser Comedy Podcast, uh, the Coil and Sharp Podcast. Uh, are there any that I'm missing, Jesse? The the. <laughs> 
Jesse Thorne's list of my podcasts podcast. <laughs> and so when Jesse asked John Hodgman, famous television personality, if I may call you that, and I said, sure, you may. <laughs> and, so, and when he asked, uh, can, can I borrow your incredibly lavish but completely secret mountaintop retreat? to hold my maximum fun convention in. I said, no, no. That is my private place. That is where I am allowed to be myself. Uh, you may not use that. However, I do have a guest secret mountaintop retreat that I occasionally rent out to church groups and the University of California, Los Angeles. Uh, so you may hold it there, and I'll come down from my main retreat at some point and say hello to everybody, because I support what you do. And so here we are at this convening uh, here up in the mountain, this great uh, new secret society. This, yes, this uh, bohemian grove of new sincerity. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a wonderful time. I think you'll enjoy yourselves very much indeed. I found myself lost in thought out in the hallway while Jonathan was talking because long ago I gave up listening to him. Um, and I don't know if any of you noticed. There's this wonderful. I wish I had taken a picture of it on my iPhone and then used that immediately to display it up here because it would be great. But I just noticed out there it's a painting of bears cavorting. Did you see that? Not only are there thousands of bears in the woods cavorting, including polar bears, who made the trip, apparently, to these woods. But indeed, um, they are standing on their hind legs. And not only are they standing on their hind legs, but more than one of them is playing the trombone. And only one of them, as far as I can tell, is cutting up a watermelon. <laughs> and they are cavorting and dancing and having a wonderful time in, uh, in, in animal revelry. And that is what we are going to be doing this weekend. I, I have provided you all bear costumes. <laughs> and in honor of Jesse Thorne, they will all have pocket squares. And we will dance around as bears for a time. And then uh, we will split apart. We'll shed our bear skins and split apart into opposite teams. And we will um, go around naked, making up our own laws and trying to out-nerd one another until only one remains. At least that's what I was told was going to happen, a battle royale of nerds. There will be lots of events, obviously, and incredibly talented people, old friends, new friends. Um, it's going to be remarkable. I myself am going to be running a, um, a squirrel taxidermy class <laughs> so everyone can have their own private nutsy. <laughs> Jesse wanted me to promise that the only squirrels we would be stuffing will be those that had died of natural causes. 
Sure. No problem, Jesse. I gotta. You guys just meet me out out back, behind the squirrel slaughtering shed. Tomorrow morning, I'll show you how it's done. By noon, you'll all have a mounted stuffed squirrel, and you'll be very happy indeed. Yeah, right. What time? I don't know. It depends on when I wake up. Let's have some more of this now. You know what? I'll let that slide because it's Dr. Cocktail. Did everyone have some of Doc's uh, punch? Was it very delicious? All right, good. I didn't hear you. Was it very delicious? Yes. Doc is an old friend. There's so many old friends and new friends here. It's remarkable. And, and you know, it's, it's sort of a long time coming, I must say. Um, not only have I been a fan of these enterprises for a long time, but I've never belonged to a secret society, which is, which is a disappointment to me. Do you know? Even I went to Yale University with Jonathan Golden, and there are lots of secret societies there. Skull and Bones. Anyone who has to leave now ought to do it. You know? Book and Snake. Snake and Eggs. Scroll and Seatbelt. It's founded by Ralph Nader. <laughs> and I was never asked to join any of them. I was never asked to join any of them. And that made me sad. And then I, I, sort of towards the end of the, of the we secretly ask you to join our secret society period, sort of the pledge period, you know, right before, right, right before senior year, my friend Blake came up and, and asked me to join his Society. I won't even call it a secret society because <laughs> it, it was an open secret that they all went to that apartment every Thursday and drank. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was called. It was, a, it was a senior society. I don't remember what it was called. But at that point, I had sort of come to the decision that, you know, I just didn't need to be a part of something exclusive and elitist in that way. And also, everyone in that society were losers. <laughs> So I said no. So I didn't. I didn't ever join. But now, now we are joining together, and um, and that makes me very happy indeed. So we have to do some rituals um, to <laughs> to uh, what's that? Okay, don't give it away. <laughs> just a few, just a few rituals to convene uh, our 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 meeting of minds and equals here in this utopia. Uh, of uh, Arrowhead Lake, um, and uh, it, I, I will I will require um, the aid of one person whose hand should be raised. Okay, you you were the first one I saw. Come here. Now I'm rethinking it. Now I'm rethinking. <laughs> There's such a thing as too much enthusiasm. It's George Tucker, everyone. Hello, George. I'm looking forward to getting to know all of you better, starting with George. George, where are you from in the world? The answer is Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He's pointing at his name. It's not there. It's not. <laughs> I'm from Brookline, Massachusetts, of course. Um, in my uh, second book, uh, More Information Than You Require, coming out in paperback this fall. 
Um, that's terrible. That's terrible. I'm sorry. You know, I, you know I loathe advertising. I talk a little bit about Yale, and Yale, of course, being the, the, uh, the home of the, the headquarters of the secret world government uh, that controls the entire world. Um, but as that doesn't exist, of course, <laughs> the uh, secret world government recognition test that I included in my book uh, is really just a matter of fiction. And this is the way that people who went to Yale and belong to the secret world government uh, supposedly recognize one another when they meet each other at parties. They will have a little uh, a little recitation, a question and answer, um, that if you know it all the way through, it means that we are both members of the secret world government. And since there is no secret world government, I thought we could repurpose it um, for this, the Maximum Fun Convention. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to... Does anyone have a, another copy of this? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Should have thought of that. Uh, okay, so what I'm going to do, George, is I'm going to pose the question, and then you're going to you're going to respond to the answer, of course, of course. and we'll just go back and forth. Oh, we do have another copy. Oh, wow, thank you, George. Will you open to page 448? I'm not sure if I can find page 400. It's right after 447. Is there a and and we only have one microphone set up, right? We can't do a Quick, no, okay, very well. So we'll just go back and forth. Ready? Okay, so you're going to speak into the microphone, though, right? When I'm, I'll do the, right? Okay. Okay, good. You sterilized it. Oh, yeah, I sterilized it with Malort. <laughs> then I presume you are a noble? I am so accepted by men of noble birth. And have you ever traveled? I have crossed the sands and swum the seas, and I have seen the secrets hidden there. And do those secrets include giant underwater pyramids built by ancient races? Of course. And I did enter those pyramids. Right into the mic, George. Say it again. Uh, and of course I did enter those pyramids. And what did you see there? <laughs> Controls for the computer of the world. And what did you do then? I pulled the lever, turned the knob, and inserted the golden punch card. And what happened when you pulled the lever? The screen awoke, and I saw how every nation is one. And what happened when you turned the knob? The world computer spoke and told me the secret history of the world. And what happened when you inserted the golden punch card? The world computer took the information and calculated the end of time and told that date to me. And what will happen until the end of time? Those who are of noble birth shall guard the world computer and guide the course of man. And this will happen below the waves? <laughs> below the waves and forever unseen by those above, who will only ever see the calmest sea, lest fear overtake the world. And then what happened? The world computer gave me a receipt. And do you keep the receipt on your body? I keep it near my heart, in the hidden skin flap that is the sign of our order. Do you think anyone around us knows what we are talking about? <laughs> no, I sincerely doubt it. 
as do I. There is no way that they can know what we are talking about. Thank you, George. Show. And now, I trust you all memorized that because you're not going to hear it again. When I see you all tomorrow morning, it's going to be like that. It's got to be fast, a lot faster than George. I'm giving George a break. He's obviously had some punch, and he's from Fort Lauderdale. That wasn't very mean. Um, Now, we are going to finish our consecration and move on to the rest of the evening by passing this bottle of Malort around. Everyone must drink, unless you uh, abstain from drinking for other reasons. Um, And uh, what's the matter? Doc? Doc, you want to start? Yeah. All right. Here you go, Doc. Okay. Oh, you do. Oh, you've had this before, of course, because you know Doc. That may that may very well be. Doc has the largest collection of uh, antique liquors in the United States, including pre-prohibition liquors and non-alcoholic gin. Yeah, it was, that was during prohibition. Uh, Teresa, may I have the other item, please? And while you're drinking. I'm going to I'm going to sing you a camp song. I appreciate that you're all bonding out over how disgusting it is. All right, keep it moving, and we'll just have it snaking back. And those people back there are very lucky. It won't, it won't be gone by the time it reaches you. I trust you. I mean, I assure you, but you will be. So I'm going to sing um, a little song by Cynthia Hopkins, who's one of my favorite singer-songwriters who is not in this building and bearded. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think you've ever heard of this song, so you can't sing along, which is not quite right. This is the only song I know. I do know that one, but that's for the end of the conference, don't you think? Mm, yeah. The trees are my friends. They offer up their limbs to shade me from the sun and whisper with their leaves on this... Oh, God, I have to start over again. Malort! called The Trees Are My Friends. The trees are my friends. They offer up their leaves and shade me from the sun and whisper with their leaves on the wings of the breeze. And the breeze is my friend. It sings me a song and carries along the melody of the birds in the trees and the birds are my friends they chirp and they warble they remind me to be cheerful 
even when their wings are wet with the rain. I'm surrounded by friendship and all I... Sorry, my lord. <laughs> did by friendship and all I have to do is look around and see where my friends may be. Well, don't you know they're everywhere? The rain is my friend. It fills up my cup to quench my thirst so that I'll be relieved when the sun shines again. And the sun is my friend. It warms me again. It winks and laughs with me as it reaches down through the leaves on the limbs of the trees. That's the end of the song. So, thank you very much indeed for your patience as I stumbled through that and all this whiskey and all these words. And now I'm going to turn it back over to Jesse Thorne, whose show this is. John Hodgman, 2009 MaximumFun.org Person of the Year for Excellence in Being Awesome. That's our time for another Sound of Young America podcast. I've been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. The show produced by Speaking Into Microphones, our theme music written and performed by Dan Grayson with help from myself. Interstitial music provided by Dan Wally. Our editor and recordist for this program is Nick White. You can find us online at MaximumFun.org. And if you're interested in attending next year's MaxFunCon, visit MaxFunCon.com and type your name into the uh, email list there. Or just go to the MaxFunCon department of our forum at MaximumFun.org. We'll probably have more from MaxFunCon later this week and maybe even next week as well. Uh, In the meantime, we'll see you next time right here on The Sound of Young America. Production of The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered. Online at ask.metafilter.com.